Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, The God of Jacob is Our Refuge. It shall be focused on a study of Psalms chapter 46. Before we go any further, we begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, which is our guide. You said, Lord, in this psalm that you are very present help in times of trouble. We pray, Father, for each of the listeners, for whatever is going on in their lives. May you guide them, Lord, and help them sail through all the, the stormy weather and bring them on out to the sunshine and give them the joy of thy salvation. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Psalms chapter 46. Psalm 46 To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, a song upon Alamah. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon titled, A Guide. This was preached in 1962 on October the 14th in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 71 up to paragraph 169. I trust you find it to be a blessing. I admired a little woman from the Cole Farmer Church. Just had prayer for her. God's going to heal the little woman. She didn't understand this. She knew nothing about it. She'd come in. She said, she didn't know, but I told her, come on and see me. She was kind of timid and backward, but the guy kept telling her, move on. <laughs> she got it. That's it. See, it's because of the Holy Spirit that guides us to these things. See, God has a provided way. Did you ever, have you been noticing the wild geese going over? Yeah. The ducks going south? When I remember, that little old duck was born up down on a pond somewhere. He don't know east, north, west, and south. He knows nothing but that pond sitting up there in the mountains in Canada. He never was off that pond. But he was born a leader. That little drake was born to be a leader. And the first thing one night as a big snow comes across the top of the mountains, what happens? That cold breeze comes down across the earth. I can imagine him shivering and saying, Manny, what does this mean? He never felt that cold weather before. 
He begins to notice around. He begins to notice around the edge of the pond. It begins to freeze. Ice coming on the pond. He doesn't know, but all of a sudden, he was born to be a guide to that herd of ducks. He'll jump right out in the middle of that pond when it strikes him. You call it what I want to. We call it inspiration. You can call it, uh, oh, just instinct. Whatever it is, he'll drive right out in the middle of that pond, stick that little honker up in the air, and go honk, 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 honk. And every duck on the pond will come right to him. Wow! They know their leader. Just the way he honks. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who can prepare himself for battle? Right. Who can prepare himself for battle if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound? Well, if that little duck gives an uncertain honk, who's going to prepare himself for flight? That little old duck will stick up his little bill out there and over, honk, 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 and every little duck will come to you. Honk, 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 honk. Here they are. Such a jubilee they'll have right there in the middle of that pond. Just turning over and over and over. After a while, he feels it moving on. He's got to leave. He'll set his little wings down and fly off that pond, get up in the air and turn around four or five times and go just as straight to Louisiana as he can go. Every duck right behind him, honk, 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 here he comes. Wow! He's a guide! Amen! Amen. Duck doesn't know they're a guide. The church doesn't. He knows what to do. Look at them old geese from Plum from Alaska. Now, there's an old gander always leads them. And them geese has to look that gander over real good. They have to know what that gander's talking about. Did you read that look magazine here about four years ago where an old gander one time didn't know what he was doing and he led a bunch of geese all the way over to England? Right. They never was known to be in England before. Why? They never noticed their, their leader. That old gander didn't know where he was going. And now they're over there and can't get back. That's what's the matter with a whole lot of these geese today. They still swarm. They say that the magazine said these geese swarm and fly around over England, but they don't know how to get back. That's the way it is with some of the geese that I know of. You have a swarm in a big protracted meeting and have some revivalists to come along and preach a while, but you don't know where you're going. That's Swarming right. around and around. That's right. Because you've got some gander to lead you off on a denomination right. spree and not back to the Word of God. Back to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then we wonder why we ain't got revival in our days. <laughs> See, you got to get that certain sound. <laughs> that sound is a gospel trumpet breathing out the gospel. Every word of God. Not creed, not denomination, but the Bible. The Holy Spirit. These signs shall follow them that believe. See? There they go down the road. One old gander one time, he said, got a bunch killed. Trying to fly them through the darkness, didn't know where he's going himself. And they all hit against the mountains out there and some of them disintegrated. <laughs> Burst it up. Sure, they've got to know their certain sound. That little old duck, if he's got the certain sound and everybody knows it, they have a little swarming jubilee and away they go to the south. Well, they go down there for it. Or it ain't cold. Now, if God give a duck enough sense to know how to dodge the cold, 
How hard can you give the church? If a duck can do that by instinct, what about the Holy Ghost in the church? In order to lead us from formalities and creeds and names into a glorious, wonderful baptism of the Holy Ghost, virtue, knowledge, patience, godliness, and the Holy Spirit. That's what the real God will lead, because He'll breathe out nothing but the gospel, just the Word of God. Sure. You need a guide. When the wise man, they didn't know nothing about God. They were, they were magic workers, magicians. They were over in the Orient. You know, the Bible said, we have seen his star in the east come to worship him. They were from the west. They looked east and saw his star. Or looked west. They were in the east. We were in the east and saw his star in the west. See? We have seen his star in the east. And see, they were in the east. When we were in the east, we saw the star, and we've come to worship him. I can imagine seeing those fellows getting ready to go. I can imagine one of their wives said to him, said, Say, got everything all packed up, but where's your compass? He said, I, I ain't going to use the compass this time. <laughs> how are you going to get across the mountains? Remember, they had to cross the Tigris River and come down through the plains. and the, Well, they had two years' trip on camels. How are they going to do it? Said, we ain't even taking the compass. Said, no. How you going? I'm going God's provided way. That star yonder is going to lead me to that king. That's it. We have seen his star in the east and followed it all the way here in the west to worship him. Where is he? They followed God's provided way. They got tied up with a bunch of creeds down there for a little while. They come into Jerusalem. And begin to go up and down the street. These famous dressed people saying, where is he? Where is he? Born king of the Jews. Well, that was the head. That's Jerusalem. Surely the big church ought to know something about it. Where is he? Where is he? Born king of the Jews. We've seen his star in the east. We come to worship him. Where is he? Well, they went over to pastor so-and-so and the high priest so-and-so. None of them know nothing about it. Well, there's one born king of the Jews. Where is he? They didn't know. But there's a bunch of shepherds out there on the hillside just having them a time. Yes, sir. Because they have come God's provided way. So they stay around there and directly said, I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to have a board meeting. So they called in the Sanhedrin Council and thought if they heard anything about it. Oh, we didn't know nothing about it. That's the same thing it is today. They don't know nothing about this God, this Holy Ghost that heals, feels, saves, coming again. The guy that's told us all these things that happened here, we are right in the midst of them. A discerner of the thoughts of the heart. They know nothing about that. They call it mental telepathy or something. They don't know what to say about it. So you see those wise men, as long remember, when they entered into Jerusalem, the star disappeared. And as long as you look for creeds and denominations, man to lead you to God, the help of God will leave you. But when they got sick and tired of it and left them, left the creeds and denominations of those Jews and went out of Jerusalem, then the star appeared again, and they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They saw the guide again. <laughs> oh, how just get off some old cold formal church and get back to a good one on fire. See the guide leading. What a difference it is. Yeah, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Joshua said to them, Now you follow the ark, because you've never been this way before. God won't permit that ark to go anywhere but right. Everyone followed it and went right across Jordan. Same as today by the Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. The only thing that we know where it's the Holy Spirit or not, we see the manifestations of it, the manifestations of vindicating the Word of God. Yes. Now, not long ago, 
Once your brethren had blood and oil, that's all right. If they won't do that way, uh, that ain't a vindication to me. It's a scripture vindication. As long as it's vindicating what God said, that's all right. They said, this is the reason you got the Holy Ghost. You got oil in your hand. Now, I, I can't go for that. See? I don't believe that oil has anything to do with it. And if that's blood go to heal and salvation, what happened to the blood of Jesus Christ? If that oil heals, what about his stripes? I like for the guide to come. That brings you to the truth of the word. Then you know you're zeroed in and you're ready for the countdown. That's right, getting ready to fly away. Yes, sir. Yeah, because why? The guide is the one who makes it real. I got a scripture here. I'm giving these scripture, but I want to read this one. It's a... Uh, uh, Second Peter, the first chapter, twenty-first verse. For prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. How did the prophecy come? Not by the will of man, denominational creeds, but by the will of God when holy men were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's always been God's God. That was the Holy Ghost. That was in that pillar of fire. That was the Holy Ghost. Any man knows that was Christ. Moses forsook Egypt, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than that of Egypt. Christ was the one, well, when he stood out there saying, well, you say you're, well, you're not over 50 years old and say you've seen Abraham. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Amen. I am was the one that met Moses in the Amen. pillar of fire in a burning bush. Amen. Yes, sir. He was God made flesh. Amen. Not a third person, the same person. <laughs> in a different office. Not three gods, three offices of one God. Amen. Correctly. All right. Now, the scripture always, when God provides, He provides the best. When God provided a way to fortify His church, He provided the best. When He gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, what He gave them was His Word. You stay behind this word and you're safe. But if you get from out of it, the day you eat thereof, that day you die. God has never changed his strategy. And Satan has never changed his. How he got into Adam and Eve, he gets into him today. Why? By trying to reason it out. Now, it's reasonable that God would not. Oh, God has said, said Satan, but surely a holy God won't do this. Surely he will. Because he said he would. Amen. That's why people say they all now wait. You don't believe that if I go to church and I pay my tithes and I do this other, God's going to cast me down unless a man's born again and not even understand the kingdom. No excuses. Well, the poor old man, the poor old woman, there's a good old soul. The only way they can ever see God is be born again. That's all. I don't care how little, how old, how young, what they did, how much you went to church, how many denominations they know, how much creed they can recite. You've got to be born again or not. That's exactly right. So you see, you need the guide. He will guide you to truth, and truth is the word. He will guide you. And it always has been. God don't never have to change nothing because He's infinite and He knows what's best. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. He's, he's everything. That's right. God is. So He don't have to change. All right. He is a confirmer of the way He's leading. The Holy Ghost, the God, is a confirmer of the same word that He's teaching. 
Now Luke was led by the guide to say, Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. My name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink deadly things, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And the Bible said that they went forth everywhere, led by the guides. Preach the word with signs following. What was it? The God vindicating that was the truth. That was God's policy. That's the way it was laid down. That's His program. He can't change from it because He's infinite. Amen. He can't change from it. He's God. I can change. I'm a man. You can change. You're a man or woman. But God cannot change. I'm finite. I can make mistakes and say things wrong. All of us can. But God can be God. His first decision is perfect. The way God acts on the scene, that's the way He's got to act every time. If He's called on the scene to save a sinner, He saves him on the basis of one thing. The next time a sinner comes, He's got to act the same way or He acted wrong when He acted the first time. Amen! I love it. I know it's the truth. I'm 53 years old, been preaching the gospel here for 33 and a half years. I've never seen it fail. I've seen it tested seven times around the world in all kinds of religions and everything else before as many as a half a million at one time and never has it failed. I don't speak from some book. I speak from personal experience. I know that God stands behind His Word and honors it. Now, if you have some kind of creed, you better watch that. But the Holy Spirit will back up the Word of God. And St. John, the first chapter and the first verse, he said, He is the Word. Amen. He is the God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. <laughs> My, Peter was led to say on Acts 2.38, how to receive the Holy Ghost. He said, repent every one of you. Amen. Then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And then the God will take you from there on. Yeah, that's the thing to do. First, repent of your sins, your unbelief, that you disbelieve these things. Repent and then be baptized. And then the God will take you from there on. See, that's your duty. It's your duty to repent. It's your duty to be baptized. Then it's the guide's duty to take you from there on. Lead you from virtue to knowledge to temperance to patience to godliness and to brethren of love, and the Holy Ghost seals you. Then you're a full statue of God, a real man of God, a real woman of God, anchored away in Christ. I love that. Uh, Anchored away in Christ. (laughs) Yeah, Mark was led by the Holy Ghost to write Mark 16, of course. John was led. When he wrote Revelations, he was led by the guide. He was also led by the guide to say, Whosoever shall take one word out of it or add one word to it, the same will be taking his part out of the book of life. Uh, you go to substitute something for the word of God and still say you're led by the Holy Ghost. Don't make sense, does it? That's right. It doesn't. He's been my guide through life. He's guided me into life. He was the one that led me to life. And he is my life. Without him, I have no life. Without Him, I want nothing else. He is all my all in all. In the hours of my trouble, He stands by me. Yesterday, He blessed me. Today, they done the same. What can I expect? The same forever. Praise Him. Yes, sir. He promised it. He'll do it. 
He is my life. He's my guide, all in all. I've trusted Him. I've had some hard trials. I trust Him wherever I go. I want you to do it. If you go to wash, you women, trust Him. If you go downtown, trust Him. I got one time where I thought that I was kind of a good woodsman, you know, hunted so much, I thought, I'm just foolproof. Nobody's going to... Oh, you couldn't lose me. My mama's a half Indian and I love that old my hey, you can't lose me in the woods, I know where I'm at. And off my honeymoon I kinda of cheated a little bit on the wife. I told her, uh, you know, honey, it'd be a good thing for us to get married on October twenty third. Of course that's when the Lord told me to do, and I thought, now for a little honeymoon, I saved up my money and I'll take her over by Niagara Falls and go over in the Adirondack and do a little hunting. <laughs> See? So I talked her Billy, it's just a little bitty thing and so I'd take her on a honeymoon out of his own hunting trip, too, you know. So, so I thought that'd be a good thing to do. And so I took her up. And the, I wrote to Mr. Denton, the ranger, which going up on here Hurricane Mountain. And I said, Mr. Denton, I'm coming up. I want to hunt some bear with you this fall. And he said, okay, Billy, come on up. So he said, I'll be up there on a certain, certain date. Well, wife and I got there a day early, and Billy. And so... The cabin was locked up. There was a little lean-to back up on the woods where Brother Fred Sopp and I went not long ago stood there. The Holy Spirit, I seen him standing there, that yellow light moving around in the bush and Fred standing right there. He said, come aside, I want to speak to you. Morris Laura said, be careful, they set a trap for you. He said, be alert. Is that right, Brother Fred? I went and told hundreds of people that night over in Vermont. I said, there's a trap set for me. I'm going to see it. I don't know where it's at. And the very next night, there it comes. That was right. I said, here's the trap that's set. <laughs> yes, sir. But the Holy Spirit led me on what to do. And oh, my. <laughs> that was just right. Oh, many of you know what it was. I haven't time to tell it. But standing there at that place that time, you just begin to turn cold that day. Mr. Denton was coming up the next day. I said, you know, honey, it'd be nice if I got a, a big buck to take home. I said, we did. I had to save these pennies. And we just got married. And I said, we'd get a winner's meat if I'd get a little hunt today. And she said, well, go ahead, Billy. Said, now, you remember, Hunter was in these woods. She said, she was about 25 miles up in the mountains. You know, she said, I don't know nothing about this. And she said, uh, so I'm, I said, well, now, remember, it two years ago, I killed those three bears. That was right back over the top of the mountain over there. And I said, now, I'll get a big buck and we'll get some bear. And I said, we'll have a winter's meat in. Well, that sounds pretty good, you know. And we picked blackberries and got our coal for that, for that winter. And so then Billy sold them and me and I picked them up the evening after I got off of my patrol. So then... I said, well, I'm going to pick up a rifle. I'm going down here. I said, there's a lot of deer in here. I'll find one. And I said, you know what? I said, then I'll get him. And I said, well, I'll be back in a while. She said, okay. So when I started off, it's kind of low. And you New Hampshire people and up in there in the New England knows what it means when that fog comes down. Or anywhere else in the mountains, you don't know where you're at. That's all. In case that you're hand before you. So then um, I started down through the, a little chopping light. Come down and went over across the ridge and come up. And I noticed... A panther, you'd call it here in this part of the country, we call it in the West a cougar. They call it up there a mountain lion. It's all the same animal. It's a pluma, really what it is. Same cat, about nine foot long, weigh about 150, 200 pounds. He crossed the road and I slipped the gun real quick. Not fast enough to get shot. Eh? Well, I slipped on up over the hill, chasing this cougar, watching the leaves where he'd move, you know. I could hear him. That he had four feet. I know he wasn't a two-footed animal. His four feet. I know he wasn't a deer because the deer stomps. And he was real easy to cat. You know, I had, and a bear rolls his feet when he walks. And so I knew it must have been a cougar. And he was behind a log, and I didn't see him until I just got a glimpse at him. He was gone. Now I watched where he disturbed the leaves, you know, up over the top of the mountain and down like this. And I wasn't watching that cloud coming all the time, you know, coming down the fog. <clears throat> I sat down, went down through a great valley, and went out into the giants. 
following this cougar, I thought, I'll catch him after a while. I'd see a place, I'd run up on a high place and look all around like that and peep around, see if I could see him, listen real close and get out, slip down again. You hear the brush go crashing way ahead of him. That's going out. See, he's hit the trees then, so I couldn't trail him. See, he got smart, got up in the trees and jumped from tree to tree. Then, you know, I couldn't trail him there. Oh, I thought, oh, anyhow. And I started back up the canyon and I whipped the bear, an old male bear. I thought, I'll get him now, boy, that's good. I whipped again. I went a little farther and watched for all kinds of signs and everything. I couldn't see a thing. Turned back down and went back down the other side of the mountain. And then I began to notice getting a little foggy. Now I go whip again. He's in the air somewhere. I said, no. And what happened? The wind was coming this way and I cut the bear whip come from this down that way and I've crossed around now and the wind's coming from this other direction so I have to go back to where I smelt the bear the first time and take it from there. And on my road back, I looked across the canyon. I seen the bushes move. And when I did, something black moved. I thought, there he is. I throwed a shell up in my gun real quick and stood still. And what it did is a great big buck, great big one. I thought, that's just what I was wanting anyhow. Shot the buck. I thought, well, I never noticed. It's kind of time I got him fixed up. Look, I cleaned off my hands and fixed my knife, put it back. I thought, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You've given me my winner's meat. Praise be to God. And I got my gun. I thought, I'll go right back up the canyon here now. And I said, look here, boy, storm's coming. I better get out of here and get back over to meeting them. I said, I have to hurry. Up the canyon I went, unbuttoned my big red coat, and I was running up the canyon like this around. The first thing you know, I thought, my, where did I turn off at? Wind is already down, the trees lapping together. I thought, where did I turn off at? I went around, I, I thought I was going right straight to Hurricane Mountain, but I happened to stop. I was sweating. I thought, what's the matter here? I've been gone a half hour, three quarters. I can't find that place I turned off. I looked up, and there hung my deer. Right the same place. I thought, well, what did I do? Well, I took off again. I thought, oh, I'll make it this time. I just wasn't noticing. I watched every little move, everywhere. Watching, I kept searching, searching, searching. Them clouds coming. I know snowstormers on the road. Fog hanging low. And then I get a notice. I thought, I'll go a little further. Went on, 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 on. I thought, well, this is strange. Looked like I've seen this place before. And I looked in there, hung my deer. <laughs> you know what I was on? The Indians call it the death walk. So you're walking in a circle, round and around. Well, I thought I was too good a guide to ever be lost. Nothing had to tell me in the woods. I know my way around. See? And I started off again. I said, I can't make this mistake, and I'll come back again. I moved up the canyon a little piece. Then it done start blowing. All my snow everywhere. Almost, of course, dark. And I knew that Meaty would die that night in the wilderness. She didn't know how to take care of herself, and Billy just about four years old, three years old. Just a little bitty thing. I thought, what will they do? Well, I got up as far, and I hit some moss bed. I thought, I'm in a flat somewhere, and I can't see nothing. It's all foggy. And I was going around. Now, ordinarily, I'd have found me a place and hold up. If I had somebody with me, I'd hold up and wait till the storm was over a day or two to come on out. Cut my piece of deer over my back and went in and eat and forgot about it. But you can't do that in your wife and baby laying up there in the woods perishing. See? So I began to think, what can I do? So I went a little farther and I thought, now wait. When I crossed over that first valley, the wind was in my face. So I must have come this way. I've got to come this way. I wandered way down in the giants, but I didn't know where it was at. I said, oh, I began to get nervous. I thought, wait a minute, Bill, you're not lost. Try to bluff myself. You can't bluff it. No, no. That inner conscience tells you you're wrong. Or you, you try to say, oh, I'm saved. I go to church. Don't you worry. You wait till that deathbed comes. You know it's different. Your conscience tells you. 
Something inside of you tells you you're wrong. You know if you die, you couldn't be a holy God. As we seen him last night, even the holy angels have to veil their face to stand before him. How are you going to stand outside the blood of Jesus Christ to veil you? I thought, well, I'll make it. I started on, and I found out. I kept hearing something. Then I got nervous. I thought, now, if I do that, I'm going to go to pieces. That's usually what a lost man does. He goes to pieces in the woods. Then he'll take his gun, shoot himself, or fall over a ditch and break his leg, and there he lays. He'll die there. So I thought, what am I going to do? So I started walking on. And I kept hearing something saying, I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. I just kept walking on. I thought, now I know I'm getting settled off. Now I'm hearing a voice talk to me. I kept going on. I was whistling. You know, I thought, well, I'm not lost. You know where you're at, boy. What's the matter with you? You can't get lost. You're, you're too good a hunter. You can't get lost. Self-bragging. So making myself bluff myself through. You can't bluff it. Way down here is a little wheel turning and said, boy, you're lost. And you know you are. Right? You're lost. That's right. I kept moving on. Oh, I'm not lost. I'll be all right. I'll find my way out. Things begin to look funny. Wind's close. Snow begin to fly in a little hominy snow. We call it spitting down. I thought a wife and baby. I'm not. I thought, oh my. Directly I heard that again. said, I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. I was a minister of the gospel and preaching right here at the tabernacle. So I thought, well, what can I do? I stopped. Looked everywhere. It's fog already down now. I, that was it. <laughs> Nothing could be done then. I thought, oh, what can I do? I thought, sir, I'm not fit to live. I've had too much self-confidence. I thought I was a hunter, but I'm not. Brother, I've always trusted him. Shooting. I've got records up there. And a fisherman, I'm a poor one, but I've always trusted him. Shots, I'm a poor shot, but he's let me make world records on it. Shoot deer seven, eight hundred yards. Got a gun up there, killed 35 head a game without missing a shot with it. <laughs> Just read that anywhere if you can, see? Not me, it's him, I've trusted him. There I was, I thought, what can I do? What can I do? I kept that getting closer, closer. I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. A very present help. I thought, is that God talking to me? I took off my hat. I had my patrol hat, red handkerchief wrapped around it. I laid it down. Took off my coat. It's moist. I laid my coat down. Set my gun up against the side of a tree. I said, Heavenly Father, now I'm getting beyond myself. I'm hearing a voice speaking to me. Is that you? I said, Lord, I'm going to admit to you that I ain't no hunter. I, I, I can't find my way around. You have to help me. I'm not fit to live. And doing the things that I've done. Coming in here and thinking I know too much about to ever get lost. I need you, Lord. My wife is a good woman. My baby, my little boy, his mother's gone on. And she's trying to be mother to him. And I just married her. Here she is, the kid there in the woods. They'll both die tonight. That wind will turn down about ten below zero. And they won't know how to live. They'll die tonight. Don't let them die, God. Take me to them so that I can see that they don't die. I'm lost. I'm lost, God. I, I can't find my way around. Won't you please help me and forgive me for my own self-centered way. I can't do nothing without you. You're my guide. You help me, Lord. I got up and I said, Amen. Picked up my handkerchief, my coat, 
picked it up, put my hat back on, picked up my gun. I said, now, I'll fix myself in the very best way that I know how to go. The very best of my understanding. And I'll go straight one way because I'm walking around the circle somewhere. I don't know where. But I'll go the way you tell me, Lord God, my guide. I started walking this way. I said, this is it. I have to make myself believe it. I'm going this way. I'm going straight this way. I'm not going to vary. I'm going this way. I know I'm right. I'm going this way. If I'd have went that way, I'd head off over in Canada. See? Just then, I felt something touch me on the shoulder. A hand. It felt like a man's hand. So quick, I turned around to look. There was nobody standing. I thought, what was that? Here's the Bible laying before me. God, my guide and judge, is standing here. I just looked up. And right back this way, that fog just cleared back till I could see the tower on top of here came out. Going right straight away from it, the best of my hunting ability, I was going away from it. Get real late in the evening then. I turned real quick, directing myself like this. I took over my hat and raised up my hand. I said, guide me over. God, you're my guide. I started. I had to go right straight up bluffs and everything getting there. Later and later, then it got dark. Deers were jumping in front of me and everything. I couldn't think of nothing but keeping myself one way right up this mountain. Now, I know if I could get to the tower, Mr. Denton and I, I helped put the line up that spring. We tacked the telephone wire from the Hurricane Mountain all the way down about three and a half or four miles right down to the camp. And it went right down a little trail, but the snow on there, you couldn't tell the trail. See? And the wind blowing and everything, it dark and blizzard and going, you couldn't tell where you was at. Well, the only thing I knew to do after it got dark, and I didn't know, I know I was going one way and right up the mountain because I was supposed to go up the mountain, and the tower set right at the top of the mountain. Now, I had about six miles to get to it. Just think that fog carrying back six miles, just one hole. Now, I could see it. And then I, I packed my rifle. And this hand, holding his hand up, because I tacked the, the wire on the trees like that, going down the telephone wires to the cabin so he could talk to his wife. And then call out from there, from the mountain. And I was going to help him take it down that fog. And I had my hand up like this. Then, oh, God, let me touch that line. Well, my arm gets so sore, tired, I couldn't hardly hold it. I have to let it down. I change the gun and put it in that step back a couple of steps so I'd be sure not to miss it. And raise my hand up. Start walking. Walking. Getting late. Dark. Wind blowing. Oh, I grab a hold of my limb. I said, that's it. No, that's not it. Oh, it gives, don't let it give an uncertain sound. After a while, when I was just about ready to give up, my hand hit something. Oh, my. I'd been found when I was lost. I held to that water. I dropped the rifle right down. Took my hand off my head. I stood there. I said, oh, God. What a feeling it is to be found when you're lost. I said, right down to the end of this wire. I'll never turn it loose. I'll hold on to this wire. It'll guide me right straight to where all on this earth that's dear to me is laying right down there. My wife and baby frantically, not knowing where I am, not knowing how to make a fire, not knowing what to do. And winds are blowing and the limbs are popping and falling off the trees. I was daring to let go of that wire. I held that wire until it guided me right in to where all that was dear on earth was to me. That was a horrible experience. 
and a great experience to find my way out. Well, that wasn't half of it. One day I was lost in sin. I went church after church trying to find something. I went to the Seventh-day Adventist. They told me, keep the Sabbath. Quit eating meat. I went over to the Baptist church, First Baptist church. He said, just get up and tell them that you believe Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and I'll baptize you. That's it. It wasn't nothing but one day out in a little coal shed. I held my hands up. I caught a hold of something. Or may I say something got a hold of me? It was a lifeline. The guide. And he's led me safe this far. I ain't going to take my hand off that wire. I'm holding my hands to him. Let creeds and denominations do whatever they want to. I'm holding on to the guide. For all there's ever on earth and all that's in heaven ever means precious to me is at the end of this line. He's brought me safely this far. I'll trust him the rest away. When he, the Holy Ghost, has come, he will guide you and lead you into all. Friends, it's brought me where I am today. It's made me what I am. I can gladly introduce it to you. It's the only guide that I know anything about. For you're on earth or up there. He is my guide when I go hunting. He's my guide when I go fishing. He's my guide when I talk to somebody. He's my guide when I preach. He's my guide when I sleep. And when I come to die, he'll be standing at the river. He'll guide me across the way. I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they'll correct me and guide me across the river. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for the guide, the one who leads me. Oh, sometimes, Father, I can't hear him around me. I get scared. I want him close to me because I don't know what time I'm going to run up on the river. I want him to be near me. Don't never leave me, Lord. I can't talk. I can't preach. I can't hunt in the woods. I can't fish on the banks. I can't drive my car. There's nothing I can do without you. You're my guide. How happy I am to say this congregation tonight. How that you have got him in all these things. How that you have brought me. I was thinking the other day, no more than a few years ago, standing out here on the street, and because that my family had done wrong, no one would talk to me. I was lonesome for fellowship. Nobody wanted anything to do with me. They said his dad is a bootlegger. And Lord... So no one would talk to me and I love people but one day when I caught a hold of that line now I think Lord I have to slip off and get out into the wilderness to get a little rest what did it not personality not education I have none but it was you Lord you Lord you've let me zero the target you've let me catch the big fish because you know I wanted to do it you give me fathers and mothers. You give me brothers and sisters. You give me my health. You give me a wife. You give me family. You're my guide, Lord. Let me hold your hand. Don't never let me turn loose. If one hand gets weary, I'll just change hands. Help me, Lord. Now may each one in here take a hold of that same lifeline, Lord. The Holy Spirit, which is our life. Life-giving resource. And may it guide us all to that happy land, yonder. 
where the toils of life is over and our work on earth is done. And then there will be no more old age, no feeble people, no more weary nights, no more crying and praying, no more altar calls. But we'll be young there forever. Sickness and sorrow will be no more. There will be no more sin. We'll live in righteousness of God to all ages that is to come to a ceaseless eternity. Granted, Father, and now, Father, if there's any in here tonight who's never had a hold of that lifeline, may they find it right now. And may the Holy Spirit, who's guided me, and I can say from my heart with my hand on your word, He's always been right. I'm wrong many times, but He's right. Let Him stay with me, Lord. Let me stay with Him. And may others in here who don't know Him tonight, may they take a hold of His unchanging hand that they might be guided down. Someday we're coming out to the river. It's going to be foggy that morning, too. The old sea will be roaring, the old Jordan. The breakers are dashing, death choking the life out of us. <laughs> but God, I won't be scared. I settled it a long time ago. I just want to take off the helmet as a warrior, turn around, look back down the path to see where that line has guided me to. See all the wilderness I've come to and every briar patch and every pile of stones that I've got bruised on, but holding the wire. As you said, the poet did, some through the waters and some through the floods, some through deep trials, but all through the blood. And I won't take this, the whole sword here that's protected me along the road and stick it back in the sheath. Scream out, Father, stand across the boat this morning. I'm coming in home. You'll be there, Lord. You promised it. You can't fail. Bless everyone that's here now. And if they don't know how to hold this line and never touch it, may holy hands raise up now, wanting hands, desiring hands, and touch the lifelines that will lead them to their heart's desire, perfect peace and satisfaction, rest in Christ. With our heads bowed, would there be a hands that raise up and say, let me hold my hand. Oh, God bless you. When the way's growing drear, precious Lord, linger dear. When my life is almost gone, at the river I'll stand, guide my feet, hold my hand. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me on. There'll be another raise up their hand and say, Lord, I want to feel the touch of the lifeline tonight. I want to feel Christ has forgiven me of my sins, and I want to be a new creature from this hour on. God bless you. But to be another, so let me touch you, Lord. Let me lose myself. God bless you, sister. Let me lose myself and find it, Lord, in thee. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. Let me lose myself, Lord. Let me forget. God bless you, brother. Let me, God bless you, sister. Let me just lose all my knowledge. God bless you, sister. Don't trust in man-made schemes. Follow the guide. He'll guide you into all truth. Lead me, Lord Jesus. Lead me. God bless you back there. Almost many hands has been up wanting salvation. Now, 
while we're you, the altar here, you can't call the altar because people are sitting all over. But he's right there. You know good and well when you raise your hand, something happens in your heart. Jesus said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. You mean it? Then there's a pool here filled up with water. There'll be plenty of time for baptism. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, this little broke up message tonight through a hoarse voice. The Holy Spirit must have went out somewhere. It went where it was purpose. And there's many, Lord, tonight, some 15 or 20 raised up their hands that they need to guide. They realize that they're trying to fool themselves. They're trying to say, I'm all right, but way down deep, they know they're not. And they want to feel you, Lord. They want the guide. They want to sign up. You're never overstocked. They want to sign up for this trip. They don't know how to get there. No one knows how to take them there. You're the only one. They're coming for God's provided guide, the Holy Spirit. They've raised up their hands. Oh, Holy Ghost and God, come down upon them. Forgive every sin. Pardon their iniquities. Take them into the body of Christ tonight where they can feel the current of God flowing through that line that will lead them on down to the Jordan and across Jordan to the Promised Land. And they follow straight behind the Word. The Word said, Repent and then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. May they not try it some other way. May they follow right behind the Word. But He's the one that will guide that's the, that's the steps to climb over till we can catch a hold of the guide. Grant it, Lord. May they be yours. They are in your hands now as trophies. No man can pluck them out. I believe that you will take them as saved people. I believe they raised up their hands. They could not have done that in themselves unless something spoke to them. That was you, Holy Spirit and God. They see the hours closing in. Fog is coming over the earth. Great creeds and, and things are uniting together. Churches are confederating, coming together. And oh God, how they're trying to say all that has a peculiarity will have to leave here and go to Alaska. And all these things that they're threatening, it's not new to us. The great guide has showed us that in the path of the Word. We're just passing through that part of it. Father God, He spoke to them tonight, and I give them to you now as trophies of the Word. In Jesus' name. Now, laying on the desk here, Father, is handkerchiefs. It's for sick people. Some little baby, maybe. Some mother. Some sister. Some brother. Even little hairpins stuck in them. And now I hold them up close to me. Now, we're taught in the Bible that they took from the body of Paul handkerchiefs and aprons. And sick people were healed. Unclean spirits went out of people. Now, we realize, Lord, that Paul was a man. He was just a man. But it was the anointing of the Holy Ghost that was on him that blessed the handkerchiefs and the faith that the people had that he was your apostle. Now, Paul has been taken from us, but not the guide. He's still here. God, I pray that you'll bless these handkerchiefs. And may the guide lead them to the place that complete surrender. We're told again that when Israel was following their guide and they come right down to Jordan, 
right down rather to the Red Sea. They are. And the very line of duty, they were stopped. And the guide led them down there. Why? To show his glory. Amen. And when all hopes is gone, then God looked down through that pillar of fire. And even the old Dead Sea got scared and she rolled back. And there was a path made for Israel to walk over to the promised land. Truly, Lord, you're still the same God. These people maybe are Christians. Maybe they're right the path of duty. But they've been brought into this cornered place where sickness has cornered them. Look down through the blood of Jesus tonight. That devil will get scared. You'll move back. Your children shall pass over to the promise of good health. Granted, Father, I send them from my body to theirs in the name of Jesus Christ. I lift this congregation before you. By faith I take them plumb to the glorious altar of God, yonder in heaven, forever desire sickness. Whatever they have, it's wrong. Whatever is wrong in their lives, anywhere, God cleanse them. Make them yours. Heal them, Father. May the power that raised up Jesus from the grave quicken their mortal bodies and make them new creations in Christ. Give them good health and strength to serve you. Remember me, O Lord. I am your servant. Help me standing in the need of prayer. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will guide us and use us and lead us until the day we see Jesus Christ face to face at His glorious coming when we meet Him in the air at the rapture. In the name of Christ we ask it. Amen. I Now when we sing, I love him, let's give our neighbor a, a hearty handshake of love. I As we get towards the end of this episode, we will end with a word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, for this psalm that teaches us, Lord, to be still and know that You are God and to know that You are our refuge. We pray, Father, that may Your name be exalted in all the earth. Father, may You take preeminence in our lives, that they be lived for Thee. In the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. What a shelter, what a haven In my Savior's loving arms When the cold storm winds are blowing There I am kept safe and warm while on life's road I travel And with perils I do meet Then His Word does safely guide me It is a lantern unto my feet my shelter He's my shelter He's my sanctuary And when the cold winds blow I'll find my Loved ones, candle begins to flicker when their light is growing dim. He is the loving, caring high priest. My petitions go unto My final skirmish When in death I overcome Still trusting in those loving arms I'll reach my Father's my sh
shelter. He's my shelter. He's my sanctuary. For when the cold 